2: Oh, yeah!
0: Mmm. Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. UFC 277 preview show starts now!
2: What an introduction. I mean, what else could I say? It is the UFC 277 preview show. It goes down tomorrow in Dallas, Texas. We got two title fights. And in the main event, a rematch from one of the biggest upsets. In the history of the UFC, Juliana Pena this time will be the champion defending her title against the woman she won the championship from and Amanda Nunes. We are here to talk all about it, along with the interim flyweight title fight between Brandon Moreno and Kai Car France and the rest of this loaded main card. And we'll get your thoughts on the card coming up a little bit later on. We are a little bit early. It was supposed to be a 2 p.m. Eastern. We mixed things up to make life easier for a man on site, Mr. Jose Youngs, live from Dallas, Texas. There he is. We have the Prince of Positivity, Alexander Kaylee, Lee, who was 10 minutes early for this thing. He was ready to go 10 minutes early. We love that about him. And our gambling enthusiast, Mr. Doe Gray area himself, Mr. Jed Mishu, who picked by the way and pretty right, much nailed it perfectly the Juliana Peña upset in December. Did he? Did he? He never mentioned he never mentions, mentions
3: it. Yeah, that's never he been. He never mentioned. Me- before, so you never mentioned did you did you actually do that?
4: I did. I've got a couple tweets loaded up that uh, with oh. some video evidence for UK. I've been I've been sitting on them, but now I'll never, men- it.
3: I've never I've never you never mentioned it before. Yeah. yeah. I crazy. feel like that's something that
5: I feel like that's something that would have been brought up once or twice. Yeah.
4: I'm a humble guy. Yeah. What can I say?
5: Yeah, those words, a that word who- has never been used <laughs> next to Jed.
4: A humble
2: guy who has receipts ready to go at a moment's notice. And uh, that's what we love about you, Jed. I'm curious to get your thoughts on the main event. We'll get to that in a moment. But, Jose, let us begin with you. You are in the Lone Star State. You are in the Dallas Metroplex, if you will. What's the vibe like, man? I'm sure it's hot as hell out there. But are people jacked up? Are people on the streets just fired up for this card tomorrow?
5: It's actually not too hot. Uh, it's not as hot as Phoenix. It's a little more humid, but it's not so bad. I, in terms of like the sense of excitement, I have literally no idea. I would, I have no idea. No one's. I've not seen like fight fans walking the streets. I've seen maybe one or two posters near the arena, but outside of like the presser yesterday, obviously there was a line of people waiting to get in. So, if 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 it wasn't a UFC event that I was attending, I'm not seeing fight fans. No one is. There's no buzz. There's almost zero buzz, and I'm not far from. I'm only like a 20-minute walk or five-minute drive from the arena. I really don't feel much of anything in terms of the actual excitement. I mean, the fighter hotel is obviously popping. There's like another convention in town. I think it's like for breast cancer awareness. So I see a lot of pink shirts walking around the city, uh, but I don't see many fight fans at all. So uh, lacking the the hype and the buzz, maybe that changes tomorrow. I'm assuming that changes at the ceremonial. So it's actually a decent turnout. For the press conference, a lot of people were talking about, "Oh, why is it so late in the day?" Obviously, it's because they wanted people out of work to go, and I think that worked in the UFC's favor because there's a lot of people in line waiting to get in in that hot uh, Texas sun. But in terms of the rest of the city, I don't feel much.
2: Yeah, plus the Dallas area has so many people that even if there was a lot of fight fans, they would stick out like a sore thumb because there's like a million people in Dallas. It's unbelievable. So, AK. Gymnastic scale, we've been waiting for this. Oh, by the way, maybe I'll bring this up at the end, but we'll we'll go to the gymnastic scale, AK. What do we have here? We have a a very solid main card. We have two very intriguing title fights at the top of it. Not a lot of people are overly impressed with the prelims, but I think there's some competitive matchups and I think there's some some prospects who really stand out, who have favorable matchups that can get over a little bit. But what are we thinking here? I think
3: anytime you have a main card this strong, I'm a big fan of this main card. Uh, I think you have to start at a nine. I think you have to start at a nine. How much do the prelims that we have yeah. elevate? Yeah, no, I do. I think it's enough. Look, like, like, let's let's say even if the prelims were like mediocre, but all five they main are. card fights <laughs> delivered or gave us like intriguing uh, results at least. That, that's a nine. That's a nine. I, I, a good main card can really sort of not erase, but can kind of gloss over. Help you know to gloss over things that have because i saw people saying uh maybe just a few commenters that like oh the ufc london sequel wasn't that bad and i'm like i guess like us because then you know most of the main yeah. card was pretty good except for the i guess the co-main and the main but uh, i heard people saying like oh it wasn't that bad and i'm like okay maybe they either didn't watch the prelims or you know just the high of molly mccann and patty was like enough to over you know to for them not to think about it so i think that's kind of the case here i think as long as I'm expecting a really, really enjoyable and entertaining competitive main event. Uh, I I think I was excited about, you know, Moreno-Car France on paper just looks like, I mean, as good a flyweight matchup as you can make. And then the rest of the, again, main card fights have their own, are intriguing in their own ways. So just that, you're already starting at a nine. Um, And then you're just kind of hoping for the best of the prelims. I do see a lot of the matchups where I'm a little concerned could kind of be, you know, good but forgettable decisions. But overall, I, I, I like a lot of the names, probably because I've, I've been digging into, you know, I've been just recently been digging into the prelims and and um, who's involved in it. But I'll, I'll be I'll be optimistic here and say this could be a nine out of nine if it if everything hits.
2: All right, we'll see what happens, Jed. Let's begin with you, my man. You called it December. Juliana Pena was going to beat Amanda Nunes and become the women's bantamweight champion. That came to fruition, and here we are in July of the next year and we're ready to run this thing back. Have your feelings changed at all? How do you view this second fight? How do you compare it to the way you felt heading into the first fight? Because you are the only guy who was saying, Pena was going to walk out champion. Do you feel the same way here? Do you look at it the same way? Or do you feel like Amanda switching things up, going out, starting her own team essentially, do you feel like the adjustments can be made or do you think lightning is going to strike twice when you look at it from a stylistic perspective?
4: So I think the adjustments can be made. I honestly Amanda changing her camp is like the biggest concern for me because let's be super clear, the problem was not American Top Team in that first fight. The problem was Amanda. Like she she had a bad training camp, lingering ish, injuries that she blamed it on. Um, and you know, that may or may not be true. Who who can really say? Uh certainly everybody seems to think she looked worse than she ever had coming into that fight. But I also think if you just go rewatch that fight, which I've watched like six times this week now, she fought horrendously. Like once she got the first round was fine, and then once she got dragged into that brawl with with Pena, she was She wasn't even winging shots that were hitting. Like, she was throwing right hands that were missing by a country mile. Like, she she just lost her mind and her competitive focus for a little bit and just tried to play Rock'em Sock'em Robots, and and she lost as a result of it, frankly. That's sort of what I thought could happen, is that, you know, Nunez was just going to overlook her and get sucked into a fight that she is not really well set up to win because historically, Amanda taking a one-for-one one exchange, that's good math for her. She hits harder. So if if you go, hey, we can just trade shots, she'll accept that because she will put you out first. Juliana Pena is really, really durable, and so that actually ends up making the math bad for Amanda. The quickest way I describe this fight, to me, this fight is a lot like the Conor McGregor-Nate Diaz fight, like their, their pair of fights. Or in the first fight, Conor is, quote-unquote, a better fighter and has more tools in that regard but he came out he chucked a bunch of hands they didn't just knock diaz over and then he just tried to do more of that and blew his gas tank and got submitted I feel like very similar thing happened in the first Nunes Spainia and i think the same thing is going to happen as happened in the Connor diaz rematch now Nunes knows what's up she knows she can't just go in there and play rock'em and soccer and robots she also knows she can kick the legs interestingly both Diaz and Juliana Pena awful at defending leg kicks I expect Nunes to come out here and be kind of boring we've seen her in rematches her rematch with Valentina Shevchenko her rematch with Jermaine me, fought much much safer did not put herself at risk won pretty cleanly in those well not in the Shevchenko one but won those fights and certainly wasn't a danger of getting sucked into the fight she did with Pena and so I think that that's going to happen this time around. I favor Nunez to win, but honestly, the change in camp is a huge question mark for me.
2: AK, how do you look at this fight sort of stylistically? Because one thing that really stands out to me, and this is, has nothing to do with really the stylistic stuff, Juliana Pena's confidence when it comes to Amanda Nunez is outrageous. It is unbelievable she just feels like she has her number and she thought that heading into the first fight. She thought that two years ago and she still feels it now having already beat her. So, and Amanda, you know, she's very confident. She can get this back. She's very confident. She had a rough night, the COVID had some injuries. She feels like she just wasn't herself. And Juliana Payne is like, if we fight a hundred times. That's going to happen every single time that we fight. What have you made of sort of the build from both of these women compared to the first fight? And does that, play a factor in how you think this fight can go at all? Uh it always
3: does. It always does. Is it an overwhelming factor? I don't know. But in in uh you know once you reach this level, if it even affects the fight like five percent, well five percent would be huge. If, if it even affects the fight 2%, that could be the difference between uh, you know, Pena and stilling or uh Nunez regaining her belt. Right? That that's how important the mental aspect is. I think they're both saying what you know the right things. Pena, you mentioned your confidence. That is one of her best traits i mean she has been irrationally confident since we saw her on the ultimate fighter it was very justified there i mean she was clearly the best fighter uh, of that cast she ran through she ran through all her competition on the show she wanted to fight Ronda Rousey years ago. I mean, this was during Ronda, you know, when Ronda was still in her prime. Pena was like, "Yeah, I want Rousey. I, I could. I, I'm the one who could beat Rousey. I want to." Take her out. She was calling Rousey out forever. It was a situation where there was no way she was going to get that fight, but she had been. She had been talking with that for a long time. So, and same with Nunes. She'd wanted Nunes, and she said, "I'm, I'm going to run through her," and she did. Confidence. It's listen. It's easy to make fun of fighters too when they make these proclamations. I get it. I think it's funny when like Amanda Nunes says like Juliana Pena is weird yeah, look, personality wise Juliana Pena is uh, you know someone that that I, I, as an average person might not get, might not want to uh, hang around with. like she she's she's talk. she's really, really willing to talk herself up and, and say some outlandish things. but guess what? She's also a UFC champion. That's kind of the mentality you have to have. You can't, you can't go into a fight with Amanda Nunes having doubts, having, you know, thinking about like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm confident, but I mean, how good am I really? Like, Juliana Pena 100% believes that she is the best fighter, uh, female fighter pound for pound in the world. She probably She'd probably, probably wants to get that Valentina Shevchenko fight back, and that fight wasn't close. Um, but then again, that is a testament to her, the the mindset she has. So that that is, uh, I think, a big advantage for her. Nunez worries me a little bit more. I don't like the fluke talk we talked about it a little bit earlier on the on the Wayne show. Uh, it's it's really Nunez, you know. People are wondering like, where does this fluke talk come from? And it's really Nunez who has brought it up a lot, saying like, you know, I, I was off that night. I wasn't at my best, which which I think is fair. But to call it a fluke, that's that's where you're going too far. You know, you you just lost. You just lost. Julian Pena was a better fighter, and Julian Pena has the formula. That has been, you know, has the best version of the formula that has been Nunez's weakness in the past. So, again, so uh, just getting back to the whole uh, mental aspect of it, I, I don't think it'll affect the fight that much, but it is one of the reasons why I think people still have, a, you know, if, if anyone does have a lot of faith in Pena to pull it off again mentality is a big big reason why she is not intimidated she she's excited at the prospect of beating amanda nunez again not intimidated you know like some of us think like oh i pulled it off once can i do it again she's like yeah i, I want to do it again she probably want to do it a third time honestly if she beats nunez again that's how you know that's how confident she is
2: jose is a is a big fan of high level martial arts competition amanda nunez checks off all those boxes you look at them side by side you compare attributes and Amanda Nunes should win this fight 99 times out of 100 if we look at it on paper. And the question is whether this is that one time or, you know, maybe Juliana Pena just has her number. Now, Jed sort of laid out the best laid plans for Amanda Nunes, which would be to slow down the pace, go to the body, go to the legs, and try to slow this thing down a little bit. But Juliana Pena doesn't play that game. Like, how long can she stay apart? So when you look at it from, it's almost like martial artist versus brawler. And I feel like it's, it's martial artist versus the dog. Like, who's the bigger dog in some of these fights? And I feel like, and I'm not talking underdog. I'm talking just pure grit and determination. I feel like a lot of these main card fights, that's sort of a comparison that we can make. So let's just say Amanda does slow things down for the first round. What can she do to kind of stop Julietta Peña from just bum-rushing her, just bulldogging her and turning this into the brawl that Peña wants this to be?
5: I don't even think necessarily that that would be a bad thing if, if like, if, if that happened to, to amanda nunez amanda Nunes is is supremely talented in all aspects of, of mixed martial arts whether it's a brawl whether it's a grappling match whether it's a, a technical striking muay thai thing like she's a very talented and proficient fighter in all aspects of the game i just think she just laid an egg in her last fight and like you said 99 times out of 100 i think amanda nunez wins went Pena won pay you one fair and square uh if it does turn into a brawl amanda nunez hits really hard Because what did Chris Cyborg try to do to her? Chris Cyborg just ran at her. And Chris Cyborg hits harder than any female that has, like, ever been in the UFC. And Amanda Nunes turned her lights out. And Amanda Nunes later on said that her game plan was to, like, punch her in the nose once and get her really frustrated because she knows she would come rushing in and then take advantage of it. And that's exactly what happened. Amanda Nunez is very good at game planning. So if Amanda, if Juliana Pena does rush in and a 100% healthy Amanda Nunez is like, all right, let's do it. And then just cracks her in the face like she did to Chris Cyborg or head kicks her like Holly Holm or just pieces her up like she did against Felicia Spencer. Wouldn't be surprised, or she could do like we all saw with Jermaine Duranamy, where she just controlled her for 25 minutes and comfortably won a fight. So, I don't know. I have no idea uh, what will happen if Juliana rushes forward. But I know I don't. I I don't think that's the end of the world if the man is, is all of a sudden facing a hungry dog in um, in Juliana Pena.
2: Before we get to the picks, Jed, what's the biggest question you have in this fight? What's the biggest one? Because we've seen it, right? We've we've seen a round and change. We saw how it ended. We saw how it started, and then Payne just turned it on, and and that dog came out, and she got the win. So now that they're running this back, you you mentioned how much the training camp kind of concerns you a little bit. Is that the biggest question, or is there something else that that stands out to you?
4: Easily the biggest question for me. Look, I mean, some fighters do better when they have their own camp, like you know, help Floyd Mayweather, a tremendous boxer didn't train with, he trained with his dad and uncle for like the most of his career. Like some, that's how some fighters work. They, they can build their own camps and, and that works for them. But I am largely opposed to that in MMA and especially leaving for my money, the best camp in the world, the American top team and those coaches, I think Mike, Mike Brown is one of, if not the best coaches in the world and breaking off from him to go do your own thing really runs a lot of risks there too. Hey, uh, I'm going off. I'm I'm leaving this camp that built me into a two-weight world champion into the greatest fighter of all time, and I'm going to go strike out on my own. And I I just have no idea what to expect here, because maybe, maybe she goes from them to men. Like maybe who? I have no idea how much of game planning came from her inherently versus speaking with the ATT coaches. Genuinely have no idea what this is going to look like. Easily my biggest question of this fight.
2: What's yours, AK? What's your biggest question? How much, uh,
3: how much time is left in the man in his career? She recently turned 34. So she's not, you know, she's not super old, athletically speaking, but she has been competing for a long time. I'm gonna say 14 years. So this is her 14th year of professional MMA competition, in addition to whatever martial arts, you know, she was participating in before she got an MMA. That's a lot of wear and tear. It's a lot of wear and tear physical, mentally. Um, she has a family now. She has a family now. She has a she has a she has a beautiful daughter, uh, with, with with Nina Nunez. And uh listen, I, I'm I'm a sap. I love the idea of, well, you man, you know, you become a parent and and um and and it, it, it takes you to new heights, and and certainly she's listen. She's won fights since becoming a mom. It's not like she recently became. It's not like she became a mom and then lost to Juliana Pena. She's she'd won fights since becoming a mom, but also she's also mentioned the retirement word before. Like this is there's a lot of flags, um, you know, that show like is is this someone who is who has achieved everything she has in her career? Is satisfied? Has happiness? Has fulfill, fulfillment outside of fighting? I know this is something I bring up. Uh, I think I bring up on shows a lot. Like uh is a fighter's you know satisfaction and, and happiness outside of fighting does it doesn't have like a negative effect on them sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't there's probably I don't think there's a there's a there's a clear trend you can find examples you know one way you can find examples the other way uh Misha Tate remember when she talked about retirement that was before she won the UFC title she became a UFC champion after time of retirement so so that can happen too but for me I, I just the combination of things that I've seen from Mena Nunes, things she said and the way her career has gone uh that that would be a concern for me is how much is left. It, it was the Juliana Peña loss just a blip or is it a sign that, you know, if she we are seeing sort of the, the downside of her career? Who knows. She might defend uh, both her titles like two or three more times after this. Or she loses to Juliana Peña and we never see her defend uh, fight for the bantamweight title again. And we who knows how has the featherweight title. So big question for me is is how much time is left for uh, for the Linus?
2: Jose, what do you think the chances are that this is Amanda's last fight? and outside of that, just what, what what what's the big question heading in? Is it one of those two things that that Jet and AK mentioned or is it something else? And apparently- He didn't want to answer. all of those. He's it's a question. Oh, there we
3: go, you're back, he's back, he's back.
5: There he is. Biggest question, is this
2: a man in his last fight? Is that what I heard? That's what, yeah, that's that's one of the questions. Could it be? And then if it's not, what else are you thinking about? I mean, it always could be. Uh,
5: I guess it depends on how if she if she if she loses and loses badly or loses in the same way. I wouldn't be surprised. But she's been pretty adamant that she wants to go up and down. At media Day. She's like, I want to go up and down. I want to keep defending a featherweight and I keep wanting to defend a bantamweight. She used the phrase like, "I'm hungry again." I'm. I, I used to be a challenger. Now I am again, and I needed that. And this and this rivalry has really helped the division. So she used to be at just a better place all around. She also said she's been wanting on open run for a new team for a long time. and She really detailed uh, after. So she lost to Amanda. You know, she made it a point that she drove back from to Florida from Las Vegas. She goes, I need to, I need to collect my thoughts and just be by myself for a while. So it was like her and her, her family to like 30 hours from vegas to, to florida and she did a lot of soul searching and, and thinking and i do think i don't think she's going to retire if she, especially if she wins i think if she wins she says obviously we would have to do a third fight if that's what ufc wants that will that's what i'll do there's really not any next person up right now Way, especially if amanda wins there's not a lot of fresh matchups for her. uh so this guy's fine yeah sorry right, yeah. audio tag guys checking out uh Pelican cage in front. Didn't want to walk away with all of Vox's camera gear. But yeah, I don't think this is Amanda Nunez's last fight, especially if she wins. I think she'll keep... I think if she loses, maybe she has one more, uh, but if she wins, she'll keep going.
2: All right. It is time to uh, put our predictions where our mouths are, I guess. Uh, Let me just pull up the current betting line here. Uh, Amanda Nunez, the challenger, a minus 265 favorite, and the comeback on the champion... Juliana Pena, plus 225. A.K., how does the night end tomorrow?
3: I'm so torn on this. I'm so torn on this. I'm a big fan of uh, this show called uh, No Bets Bard, featuring our own uh, great, Jim Machine. Great, it's great program. program. It's a great program. Yeah, it's a great program. It's very solid. And, and um, when, they, when they were breaking down the main event, I mean, really, it it's just so easy easy to see it going either way. You're either seeing it go like the first fight. Juliana Pena overwhelms her with pace, with pressure, uh, regardless of what, you know, strategy Amanda Nunez uh, decides to employ, you know, whether she fights more tactically or not. It's possible. Pena maintain, you know, just, just, uh, uh, well, I lost, I lost the complete word. Uh, uh, imposes her will. I <laughs> lost the cliche I was looking for. Imposes her will on this fight. And it doesn't matter what Amanda Nunez does, right? Maybe this is Juliana Pena peaking and we've seen the best for Amanda Nunez, and she's trending downwards. Very, very possible. On the other hand, I think, and I thought this before the first fight, Amanda Nunes is the better fighter. Is she just not the better fighter? We know I think she's more skilled, she has more power. It's what made that first result so shocking. So I'm going to lean with the former champion. So it's gonna be Anne new. I think Amanda Nunes, I don't know about all the stuff again about like fluke and again, she needs to change camps. And and oh, I was just I wasn't at my best that day. Some of that might be true, some of that might not, but I think there's at least some some truth in that you know not to make excuses and not take away from juliana pena's big win i think there is some truth that we did not see the best version of amanda nunez and i think the best version of her does beat juliana pena it's gonna be a good really really good competitive fight nunez is going to conserve her energy well and she's going to win a she's going to win a decision
2: jose what do you think man
5: I think Amanda gets a decision done. I I don't think it's going to be as one-sided as like the Jermaine or the Felicia Spencer fights because Juliana has said this for a long time. She they're the two best female fighters in the world. I don't agree with that, but they're obviously very they're very clearly the two best bantamweights in the world right now. So I just think I think it's going to be a competitive fight. I think Amanda Nunes gets it done. Uh, and she eventually will get the trilogy fight. And she's still, I think, the best female fighter of all time. Because like I've said a few times, it's one thing to just, you know, wipe the floor with everyone and be that dominant. But the ability to, you know, emerge from being down makes you great. That separates like that 1% of fight. If you've seen that with Charles Oliveira and Glover Teixeira, I think we're going to see that with Amanda Nunes against Juliana Pena.
2: Jed, are you going with the dog a second time? What's the official mm-hmm. pick here? The head is already shaking. What you got?
4: I'm genuinely surprised we're all on noon, uh, noons by decision, but that's what I've got. I, I think it's going to be, I think she's going to win early. Uh, I think she's going to kick Julianna Pena's legs a lot because Sikh Jitsu is a dumb camp who doesn't believe in leg kicks. Uh, and that's going to build the foundation for the win. I think Pena can make it a little scrappy in the middle rounds cause she, she's got that dog in her, but I think. I think Nunes is going to take her down some too. And just she was had a great time on top of, of Pena in the first one. I think she's just going to kind of win more than than lose the engagements. And she's not going to get drawn into a brawl, which doesn't favor her. So 49-46, uh, maybe 48-47 decision for Amanda Nunes.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I, I looked at this fight a number of different ways. But I have to say, Jed, your your comparison... That because a lot of people are like, "Oh, this it's is Sarah so GSP. Good. This is Sarah GSP," but it's not. It's more McGregor Diaz one, and I feel like this rematch is going to look very similar to McGregor Diaz two, where exactly a man is gonna. Yeah, I think I think a man is going to have success for the first nine minutes. I think Payne is going to steal a little momentum at the end of the second round. I think she's going to carry that momentum into the third, maybe even through the fourth. And I think we're looking at a 2-2 fight heading into round five. And then it's just going to be one of those who wants it more type of scenarios. And I think sort of the early deposits with the leg kicks, the body work that Amanda will do early on and then try to sort of add to in rounds three and four, I think all that's just sort of going to kind of funnel over for Juliana Pena. So I think... Nunez will be able to sort of eke out the fifth round and, and win the fight. And I think it's going to be a war. I think these two are just going to beat the brakes off of each other. It's going to be a fun fight, a way more competitive fight than a lot of people think. Cause I see a lot of people just on either side of the fence, it either we're going to see the exact same fight or Nunez is going to blow the doors off of her. And I just don't see that happening. I think these two are just going to have a really solid fight. Like this isn't going to be Joanna Wei Lee but we're going to be having a discussion about you know best women's title fights and i think this one's going to be sort of right up there in terms of the drama, the swings, the seesaw battle that i that i think we're going to see but i think nunez that championship grit, the experience being in tough spots before, i think she will she'll will get over the hump, she will win the title again and then we're going to have a trilogy fight. That's going to be just an awful lot of fun, I think. So I love that comparison. It made so much sense, Jed. So uh, so kudos to you, my man. Well done. No bets barred. Tremendous podcast. Tremendous Great show. Podcast. Great
4: podcast. The
0: NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more.
1: and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
3: Steve Mike, uh, there's, there's a poll. There's a poll.
4: Oh, figured love There was. it's
3: the just principles. who it's just it's just who wins the UFC 277 main event. So right, so people, please vote in the poll. But right Fans. now, it is at right now it is at Juliana Pena, 56. percent wow. wow, I love it.
0: Mm. I love it. So
3: people, please, vote, please vote. I'll read the final results later. No, I don't believe in those. No. Make it. A okay. I, I force the listeners okay. and viewers well, to make a
4: call. Don't sit on the fence. Make choices. <laughs> don't sit on the fence. Pick one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there you go. Well, let's talk about the co-main events because this is another. This is a great fight as well. Brandon Moreno, the former champion, was supposed to fight Davis Figueroa, and for the fourth consecutive time, Figueroa is hurt. So Kai Car France, who has a compelling case himself to fight for an interim title or fight for the undisputed title, he comes on in. It's. Moreno, Kaikar, France in a number one contender squared kind of fight where not only is number one contendership on the line, we get an interim title, we get more money for both fighters. And this fight absolutely rules, Jose. I will allow you to wax poetic because something tells me this one just is the one you have circled amongst all of these fights.
5: Yeah, I mean the flyweight division is so fascinating because you have so many guys that could be fighting for the title right now and this like and none of them would be the wrong combination. Like if Pantoja was in this this man this interim title fight, no one would complain. If like Alex Pre- I know Alex Perez has had a couple uh weight misses, but if he had gotten a win in there he could be fighting for the title again. Like this fat this division is so fun. Even like Brandon Roy Vell is out there. I know he, he lost to Brandon Raymond, that was kind of that weird fluky, like his arm like popped out of his socket early in the fight. So The flyweight division for as much slack as it got and almost like disbanded a few years ago is all of a sudden a lot of fun kai kara france has said it a lot he's down to fight these guys that no one else wants to fight because like cody garbrand could have been fighting for the title right away at Flyway. i didn't he even have a, a matchup against davidson figueredo at one point like booked when figueredo was the champion uh so the fact that he he Kai's like, he took a fight Kai's, like, I'll fight him and then he wins. Like, if he got that win, if he got the title fight off of the win over Cody Garbrandt, no one would have batted an eye. Instead, they want, like, oh, we want to fight Askar, Askar off in Columbus, Ohio super far away from New Zealand he's like yup bet let's do it and he won so Kai Carr France is one of these guys like Max Holloway where Volkanovsky said it himself like at the end of the day the dude's fighting and he's winning you can't deny him this shot Kaikar France has looked better than ever since he lost that first fight Brandon Moreno Brandon Moreno's of course uh, a lot of people thought he won the, the fight against Davidson Figueredo's last fight I am not in that camp I thought Figueredo won but brandon Rano is one if not the second best flyweights in the world and now he's in a new camp with james kraus which a lot of people on the site called the cheat code in terms of like what he can do to a fighter and what he can bring out of a fighter in fight camp and in the fight I am so excited for this fight. I don't care if there's a title on the line. I don't care if it's in a full arena. I don't care if it's in a tiny octagon. I don't care if it's in a big octagon. I don't care where this is. I just want to see Kai Kaikar France fist fight Brand Moreno because they could be the two best flyweights in the world and I want to find out who's the best. Also, James Krause versus City Kickboxing uh, and Eugene Behrman, that's just a fun fight between coaches too, like two masters of their craft. There's no bad blood between them. This is just two martial artists that want to break brick and fight for 15 pounds of gold to fight for the undisputed title so love everything about this i'm glad it's five rounds if it, if this wasn't for an interim fight i would have hoped it would be uh, a headliner on a fight night because i just want to see these guys throw down for 25 minutes i am just supremely excited for this co event
2: Yes, AK. I I know how highly you think of James Krause as a coach, and James Krause has been in this position a couple of times, cornering, being the head corner, so to speak, for somebody fighting for a world title, did it with Tim Elliott, did it with Megan Anderson, and now he's going to corner Brandon Moreno for a chance to become the interim champion, so... Your thoughts here? I mean, the, the coaching matchup is is spectacular because James is great. He's great at just knowing his fighters and knowing what to say when the times are down and even when the times are up and you need to go out there and kind of switch gears and make go a little bit faster. But the coaching matchup is great. And just the fight itself is fantastic. The title doesn't even need to be here. Your thoughts on the co-main event and how good is it?
3: I love that you mentioned the chain. Man, <sighs> i know we're giving our picks I'm, I'm probably tipping my hat here but man you team up the james kraus with the assassin baby the sky's the limit like i i, I am i'm am thrilled i'm thrilled at that alliance um yeah this is look, listen uh we, we've said it a bunch of times interim number one contenders about whatever you want to call it uh it's great these guys are getting paid uh hopefully they get pay-per-view points as well and uh it's just as high again this is the best fight you can make with, Dave, with Davison uh figure out of the picture so exciting I, I talk about the Moreno side, but so excited to see Kai Car France reach this point because he he came in with quite a bit of hype actually um, when he's when he signed with the UFC, and then there was you know the murkiness of what was going to happen with the division. It just it just was never clear uh, if this guy was like was gonna was gonna make it, and he was fighting you know he was losing to good guy. Look, he lost to Moreno, right. That's one of his first guys he fought. So he's losing the good guys, but flyweight's one of those divisions. Man, you fall behind, you can easily kind of just become a five hundred guy. Uh, it's just such a strong division. So when we started seeing him gonna go on this run with Bontarine and then man, just taking out Cody Garbrandt, and then really, really proving that he is who people said he was with a win over Askar Askarov, a guy who's just been entrenched in that top three, top four uh, for the longest time, it's so, it's so, so exciting to see. So it, it's 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 a fight where I hope, no matter what happens, that there's really like no bad feelings uh, on either side. Obviously, if you're rooting for Moreno, you're rooting for Kai Car France. You know, you're gonna feel some type of way. But both guys are so exciting. Such great fighters. Uh, at least as far as I know, seems like very nice young gentlemen. Uh, so this is really like kind of the perfect uh, co-main event. This is like an, an ideal title fight co-main event. Because yeah, it doesn't have the drama. doesn't have the rivalry of the main. But again, you're getting high-level mixed martial arts. You're getting two guys who, who knows, could fight again a third time in the future. That's exciting. We might be looking at this as the middle chapter of like a great, great rivalry. Um, so yeah, I, I'm super hyped for it. And... Uh, whoever wins is worthy of being called champion, even though again we know uh, Figueredo's up there with the with the undisputed bill.
2: Of course, the landscapers are very excited. They wanted to come in and, and hear this part of the conversation because they love the fact that the interim title's on the line. It's a it's a great fight at 125 pounds. But Jed, you know what I love so much about this fight? One that tell me their first fight was a banger. Their first fight was a banger. It was a tremendous fight. It just feels like Moreno just kind of turned up the notch a little bit more and just kind of out-dogged Carr France, but it was a great fight. And the fact that the first fight was so good and we get a potential 10 more minutes of it makes it even better. But where these guys are at right now, because I feel like you line up skill for skill, attribute for attribute, I feel like Moreno should win this fight. But Kai Carr France is on the sort of run right now where it's just like maybe this guy just can't lose, like no matter what, who he fights. I just feel like there's a way there's he's just a tough guy to 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 beat i just feel like he's on that run where he just might not lose for a long time and things are just kind of falling into place for him that's why i love this fight so much how do you break this one down
4: honestly i feel a lot like that right like my head says brandon moreno should win this because i think Kai carl front's a good fighter but i don't i don't know moreno is just a better one i think like he he can compete evenly if not get the better of exchanges on the feet uh with kai kara france and he's the i would say far superior grappler he's certainly much more willing to engage in the grappling and i mean we've seen kai kara france have some issues there like askar askarov wasn't able to was able to control him for a little bit but he was so focused in kind of a one-way thing but he's i mean we've seen Kara france get caught up in transitions and brandon moreno scrambles his ass off like I could easily see Moreno just winning winning a scramble and ending up on the back and getting a choke in before Carl France really knows what's going on. So my head says Moreno should win this, but I'm kind of with you. It does feel like Carl France has a little bit of that that energy that, okay, this guy is this guy's on his run right now. Like this is his career defining run, and he's he, whoever you put him against, even if he shouldn't beat them, he's gonna find the way. That's just how it's gonna work out. I mean, plus you add in no disrespect to James Krause whatsoever. I think he's a fantastic coach, but it it rings very poignantly that when you mentioned the two title contenders he's had, they were not champions. Like he he did not turn Tim Elliott into a champion or Megan Anderson into a champion. And I'm not confident he can do that with Moreno. He might make him better, but we know for a damn fact that City Kickboxing produces champions. And just sort of where they're at, I mean, whatever your feelings are on Israel Adesanya's most recent fight, which wasn't entertaining, but it was absolutely dominant. And Alexander Volkanovsky, obviously dominant, now number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world, according to the only MMA rankings in the world. I mean... It, would it shock any of us if he's just if if Eugene Behrman just f's around and and throws another champion into the mix like it it kind of feels like that so my head says Moreno but I guess my heart is is saying Car France and I don't know which to choose
2: well now you have to jed you have to choose now I hate that. so there you go what are we going with is will it be brandon moreno as the interim champion or will kai car france have a title and be on a road to fighting Davis at Figueredo by the end of the year, perhaps.
4: I'm going to go with my head because I, I think Brandon Moreno is the best flyweight in the world. Um, and I think that he can, I think he, because he can win in all phases, whereas Carl France has to stay upright to win this fight. I think I'm, I'm going to give him the edge and I, I'm going to say he gets a submission in let's do early, like second round. I think he's going to, there's going to be a scramble and I do think he'll find a way to get around the neck and then that's the end of the game
2: ak uh
3: i just again i just think moreno well i wanted to actually i want to touch on something jed said about uh we don't know if james kraus can create champions well the good thing is he doesn't need to create a champion with brandon moreno brandon already is a ufc champion or, or or has been so we know was he was but he doesn't need to be created he's a champion he just yeah. need you know he's not he one is, he's, now so he has to he create
4: just, a champion gotta make
3: that's one. not that's not how that's not how that works
4: If he's no longer a champion, you have to make him
3: a champion. He's already been a champion. This is a semantic. This is a semantic thing. He, he, but he, we, we know he can be a champion. That does not need to be proven. We know he can be. So I think he will be. So I'm going hashtag and again. I do think he's going to win the title back. Uh, I and I think he is going to. I do think he's going to finish him. I think he's going to. He is going to submit him. I just think. um, I think it, it does come from the fact that I have seen. You know, I. I have seen him at that championship level. Three fights with David. I mean, all with the same guy. Yes, but man, three absolutely unbelievable fights. Kai Car France for sure could be, you know, on on that tier. What, what seemed like kind of like a two man tier with uh, Brandon Moreno and Davis Figueroa. He could be. He'll be part of Big Three. Who knows? Maybe Alexander Pantoja sh- uh, shows out on on um, Saturday. Maybe it's a Big Four. But right now, you know, I want want to see if carr France can join uh, Moreno and Figueroa at the top. I, I think it's possible, but I am leaning towards uh, Moreno to really, really re- make a statement. And we're going to end up getting that fourth Figueiredo fight somehow. I mean, a lot of people thought it was a possible uh, after the after the third fight. It just would have been weird to see two guys fight each other four times uh, in a row. So that's why it didn't happen. I think he does beat of uh, France and uh, gets the interim title and forces uh, Figueiredo's hand to, uh, to meet him one more time. Uh, and then we'll be talking about that
2: sometime next year, I think.
3: So Moreno by submission.
2: Jose, of France, or Brandon Moreno?
5: Uh, I think people are going to be a little surprised at my pick. I can assume they think I'm going to pick the Mexican fighter, Brandon Moreno, but I'm not. I'm going to pick Kaikara France by decision. I think Brandon Moreno is awesome. I, he's clearly one of the three, if not two best flyweights in the world. Uh, I just think Kaikara France has just put it all together, and he was he broke it down a lot at media day. Like He lost to brandon moreno and he watches that fight and he saw tons of holes in his game and if, if you watch the countdown and the embedded, he he's his coaches and hit him set like when back then he was just when he fought he just went in there to hit your hit his opponent really hard and put him away that's why he was like don't blink or, or something like that is his nickname he like that's what he didn't really have game plans or put things put anything like that together he just went out there and broke brick and tried to knock his opponent out. Now he's put it all together. He's complete. You saw that against Cody Garbrandt when he heard him. He didn't just blitz in and just empty his gas tank. He was patient. He was calm. He waited for another opening and put it away. Brandon Moreno is really, really good. And James Krause is a really good coach. But I can't help but think about what Tyson Fury said in the buildup to his, his third fight against Deontay Wilder. You can change camps. High-level opponents of fighters can change camps. But at the end of the day, when you're in there and in your first camp, you eventually just fall back on what got you to the dance because that is just who you are as a fighter. I think Brandon Moreno gets hit a lot. <laughs> he gets kicked a lot, and he gets punched a lot. That's how Figueredo won the third fight. That's how he... Because let's not forget, the first fight was a draw, but I believe there was a point deduction somewhere in there, maybe. So uh, that's why that fight ended up being a draw. I think Figueredo obviously would have won that fight. If not for that, I think it was a groin shot or something. So uh, I think Car France gets it done. A lot of people saying that the five-round experience is going to be the biggest factor. Car, Car France has said that Eugene Berman doesn't even prepare his fighters for three-round fights. Every fight they camp they do is for a five-round fight, whether they're in a five-round fight or not. So I think that's going to play a factor whatsoever. I think Kaikara France gets it done. I think he, he's going to win at least three rounds against Brandon. It's not going to be a 5-0 shutout. It's not going to be 4-1. to one. I think it's going to be three rounds to two for Kaikara France.
2: Yeah, it's a really interesting fight. I, I will go with Brandon Moreno. I think he gets a decision, but I, I kind of agree with Jed that if anybody's gonna finish this fight, it's gonna be Moreno, just kind of catching Kyra France in some. Sort I of agree
5: scramble with that. And, I, I yeah. agree with that. If there's a stoppage, it's gonna be
4: Moreno. But I just think I'd be, be stunned good. if Kai like knocked out Moreno. Like that would be really surprising yeah, to me. I agree. I would I would agree. Yeah.
2: After taking Davison's best shots for yeah, like over almost an hour.
4: <laughs> yeah. and, Honestly, I if mean, Kai does that, like I'm going to reevaluate where Kai is on the pound for pound yeah. rankings because Dave is a figure eight no joke. <laughs> and he couldn't yeah, put one out.
2: Yeah, 100%. Love that fight. It's going to be a great way to lead into the main event. Feature by, we got Derek Lewis, Sergey Pavlovich, Alexandria Pintoja versus Alex Perez, Magomed Ankalaev, Anthony Smith. I really that that fight has continued to grow on me the closer we get i don't think jed really agrees with you there go ahead jose like
5: like i said in the weigh-in show a lot of people complaining about like this fight card not like having the star power the draw power i like nine of the ten fighters on the main card are in the top five of their division so in terms of just high level fights it doesn't get much better than this main card i know there's not a lot of draw power star power but just high level martial arts it's a good fight card good main main card it's an also, excellent main card
4: and that and that's the thing the only thing you pay for is the main card like i think the prelims Good. are dog like they're just trash so i wouldn't give ak's nine to this just because you have to watch four very whatever hours of fighting before the main but i'm, I'm only paying for five heaters that's that's dope
3: yeah why do you hate ihor porteria why Jed?
4: why I I can honestly say I don't hate him. I've never thought of him. And that <laughs> means that I shouldn't uh, that means that me having to think of him, I'm not I'm not enthused. Hopefully it will be you, cool. Like are you, I think are you there's sure he finishes that- on the undercard, but
3: Yeah. What
4: if, you, what, if so you, what if I told you the What if I told you what if I told you I made that name up? Uh, what have I told you? I, made I, that in. I totally believe you. I, I don't know how to pronounce Po Poeter, whatever. His I name believe it's
3: Poteria, yeah, something like that. I, it, yeah. I'm going with Anik. I think that was how Anik uh, did it. Yeah. Trust John Anik. Yes, and he's funny. Oh, yeah. Nikolai Negomerianu.
4: Man, that's yeah. a Scrabble contest right there.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's before uh, we go to the peeps. AK, what's the low key banger on the card? I don't know if it's going to be a
3: banger, but I'm really interested to see how uh, Jokar Close does. I think he's. I really think he's like. Just building a nice resume. It's not a sexy resume. He finally got his first uh, UFC finish in his most recent fight with Brandon Jenkins, which he should have. Again, I think he's a a level above uh, Brandon Jenkins. And I think he's a level above uh, Rafa Garcia, too. And I like Rafa Garcia. Um, But I, I, I think Close is like one of those sleeper guys in the lightweight division. It's just so deep. And again, he hasn't gotten that many finishes. So he doesn't jump. He's not the first guy that jumps out at you. He's kind of he's rightfully in the middle of the pack at 155 pounds but i think he really does have the potential to break out of there um is he a top 15 top 10 guy i'm not sure but i think he's gonna put on a really i think stylistically it's like he has a a lot of advantages uh, excuse me a lot of advantages against rafa garcia and i think he'll kind of get to show up i think rafa's gonna have his moments he's a really good grappler um but i think uh jacar has a style to kind of counter that and I want to see if if uh, we get like another possibly another finish for Jakar, and people are kind of really talking about him um, as a guy to watch at, at lightweight. Jed, what do you
2: got?
4: Honestly, I don't think there are any low-key bangers on this card. Like there's one. Uh, I mean, cause I don't like I don't think Dobra Alves counts, but that's the my bet that's the best prelim fight for me. But I don't really care. I'm just going to say this. The low-key banger is Pantoja Perez. And I know that that's a main card fight between two top five guys. But it feels like no one's talking about that's it. And that, that fight is absolutely havoc. Like that fight, like if I could bet on uh, post-fight bonuses, I would put my money on that being fight of the night. And that includes two five-round fights, which are naturally advantage to that. And one of those being a flyweight pout with Brandon Moreno in it. I think Panto- I think Pants versus Perez is going to be absolute anarchy for however long it lasts. So that's the fight I'm the most interested in. And since the prelims are frankly not that interesting, I'm picking it.
2: Yeah, that could be fight. could be performance of the night the way those two guys get after it. could be both. Jose, is it- yeah, Jose, are you with Jed here or is there something else? No, I mean, the low key bangers, Alex Morono versus Matthew
5: Semmelsberger. Matthew Semmelsberger is one of two fighters in UFC history to have knockouts under 20 seconds. The only other person not named Matthew Semmelsberger to do that is Rumble Johnson. Alex Morono has like Low key has the same amount of fights in the UFC as Kamara Usman and Colby Covington. This dude fights three, four times a year, and he hits really hard. And I'm pretty sure he finished Cowboy Cerrone. He's had a, he he put together impressive wins, and then he stumbles. Uh, I know the Chaos Williams fight when he got knocked out, that was like a last minute changeup, and then he lost Anthony Pettis when Anthony Pettis was trying to get out of the UFC and sign with PFL. He lost obviously. I think not prime Jordan Mayne, but when Jordan Mayne was still like break and break on people uh and i can't remember whose other loss two was i can't there was like super early square but really exciting fighter uh safe sayudes obviously his his head coach uh i think that fight someone's gonna go to bed i don't know who but someone's going to bed in dallas i assume matthew semelsberger sure either one semelsberger one of those fights was one of the wins was against martin martin seno is that his last name i can't remember whatever uh nick Diaz is training partner was in that fight uh wasn't great but still a knockout is a knockout so that's the low-key banger. also two very underrated media days uh semelsberger's like yeah mma is in a game it's a fight to the death and i was like jesus christ and then alex marone was like yeah they don't let me walk out to death metal i'm like it's a fist fight they shouldn't care they're like yeah the ufc has a problem with me walking out to doom metal or death metal. i'm like that seems very silly considering your opponent literally said he's fighting to the death so that is the low key banger that not enough people are talking about.
2: Chad, I'm surprised you didn't say and Morono because I know how highly you 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 think of Alex Morono as a fighter.
4: I hate Alex Morono because it's the prelim main events. the same reason I don't think Dober uh, H- Hoff counts. Like it's those are I feel like those aren't low key because those are the prelim fights people are interested in. So, but I mean, yeah, Maybe. I'm with it. I'm I'm with Jose. Like I think Semelsberger is going to kill him mainly because I don't think Morono is like good. Um, and Simmelsberger just is like a super violent dude, but it also wouldn't shock me at all if so. Sim- he's Simmelsberger isn't good either, he's just violent. So, like, that that also has a real chance to be, as as Jose pointed, over in 20 seconds. Like, there's entirely plausible that Simmelsberger just obliterates him right out of the rip. So, I don't know. These are the only fun fights, though. The rest of the prelim stuff is no, all very forgettable. I,
3: I think. I think Jocelyn Edwards versus Gian Kim could be really good too. It's just a shame that uh, Jocelyn Edwards missed weight, so they will not be. She will not be getting a fight of the night bonus if by, so, if by some chance the second fight of the night uh, somehow somehow won him. that award.
5: I think that's going to be a tough fight. Is Kim not a flyweight normally?
3: Yeah, she's a flyweight normally, I mean, yeah. and,
5: and her opponent and yeah, it. big. And Jocelyn Edwards fought at featherweight in her last fight, mm-hmm. when well, that was last month. But like, I think that's going to be a tough fight. Anyway, go to the piece.
2: Yes, let's go to the piece. I'm going Anthony Smith, Magomed, and Goliath. By the yeah. way, I know. <laughs> Yeah, I just think I just think Anthony's. I, I think That's Anthony be might fun. be just the. Yeah, it's got to be fun. Anthony's got to give Magomed Ankalaev everything he could want in terms of like getting over that not hump into title contention. So Anthony's got to get after. him. might not be it's the best strategy be, in the world, but. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's going not be a boring fight. It will not be a boring I think, fight. I feel. Pretty I, think good about gonna that. Ki- I think they're going to.
5: I think they're going to kick me out of this media room soon. So.
2: All right. Should let's we? Uh, go, let's go to the peeps. Let's pull up a couple questions. Hello. All right, all right. Hi, Casey. Robert Thomas, I am the only one. I I am only going to have time to watch one fight Saturday due to family commitments. That fight should be what, AK?
3: I'm going with the main event. I just think it's so intriguing. I think it's so intriguing. I think, yeah, it could be a repeat of the first fight, but we've all kind of said it, a best case scenario really competitive and dramatic five round fight i think it goes that way i know some of uh nunez's five round fights have been a bit of a slog you know not the most memorable encounters to put it nicely but i don't think pena would, would allow her to kind of you know uh, slow the pace to that point where it's not a it's not a fun fight so boring answer main event that's the way to go
2: jose or jed any 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 of you going differently than the main event
4: dobra no Alves. If if you can only watch one fight, don't spend $75 to watch the main event. Go to mmafighting.com. Unbelievable website, best one in the whole wide world. We'll get you covered in all your coverage needs, get you breakdowns. I'll be doing live blogs. It's basically like you're watching the fight, you know, in real time. And then watch Dober versus Alves for free because I guarantee you that's going to be fireworks.
2: Jose.
5: Uh, I'm I'll say Anthony Smith and Kalayov because the winner of that could fight Yuri Prohaska, and Yuri Prohaska is an absolutely psychopath. So pick that one because I just want to see Yuri fight either man. I know the co-main event rules, and I just kind of talked about it for a long time, but yeah, let's see who's going to get thrown into a fist fight with the psychopath that is Yuri Prohaska. That
2: is my pick as well. That is the most intriguing fight on the main card. Like the the main yeah. event and the and the co main event are fun in different ways, but as far as intrigue, I, I just want to see. I just I just can't wait to see Anthony, what happens with
5: that one. I really can. At media, at media day, Anthony Smith also said the line, "I might be the best three round fighter in the world," and I'm very curious to
4: see how that plays <laughs> out for him.
2: You don't get <laughs> you don't get put away in three round three round fights. That's for damn sure. It's been, been a, long a long time, time. Up, since
4: since he was a middleweight. Tiago Santos, Santos yeah. 2018. Yeah. There you go. Remember when Tiago Santos used to be fun? Yeah, in 2018. Next week week on MMAfighting.com.
0: And he's the main event. Is he the main event
4: next week? Sure is. It's going to suck.
0: It's main event again. Wow. Jed,
3: he might be the first guy we do a uh, damn they were good on before he's retired.
4: (laughs) We could because he's not good anymore.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, What else we got? We'll take two more. Uh, I do more. Uh, Jose's Jose's got to go. We
4: haven't really kicked him out. Yeah, they don't have the.
2: ball Yeah,
5: I haven't seen too well, many I also, questions. I also have to go get ready for ceremonial Wings uh, yeah. which is mm. a whole other location. Uh, we got I could uh, also sign out. You guys could just keep talking with people.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh should just about should people be considered that juliana no. waited to the last minute to make weight to be i think amanda coming down to 135 all this year she also caught up to her look at her face this morning i think you meant concerned uh i mean how could I'll, you be concerned
5: i'll say this because i'll, I'll take this one because i ain't here and from like after the fight after she weighed in and everything her coach was like she was half a pound over at 8 30 a.m like she just cut weight and like took a nap <laughs> Like, that's literally it. Like, there was no gamesmanship and there was no trolling. Like, she cut her half pound, went back to sleep, and they just brought her back down. That was it. So she yeah, was,
2: she had so much pep. She had so she much gonna pep. Be pep well
5: she's,
4: she's well rested. She's well rested. That's all. That's yeah. What she
5: we came just, like, you didn't bad. see her because she, because, she, like, you obviously, like, get undressed in the back and come out. But when she came in she was wearing, like, a sun skirt, like her daughter was running around too. like, she did not look like she had a rough wake up at all.
2: She looked pretty on point she sure did no concern whatsoever good troll job sleep away (laughs) take those I didn't
5: didn't think it was a troll job she was just sleeping yeah
0: Yeah. unintentional troll job Uh, let's talk let's talk about this gentleman maybe uh, the biggest showcase fight on the card
5: Um,
2: where does Morales rank in your up and coming undefeated welterweights Jose
5: I up there Um, his last fight was January if I remember correctly right I can't remember who he fought. Uh,
0: Trevin Giles. This is a Trevin narrow Giles. Is the Anaheim card. Yes, yep. yeah. We, yeah. yeah, he smoked Trevin yeah, Giles. And, Trevin,
5: and Trevin, Trevin Giles always like, "Oh, I have the best, like one of the best uh like, jabs in the game and this and that. And Michael Morales is like, bet, watch this. Also, Michael Morales has just an incredible neck tattoo. So, you know, he's Team Jose. He got it after the fight. So uh, anyone that joins Team Neck Tattoo is is fine by my by me. But this dude is really talented, like, supremely talented. Like, what is his record? Like 13-0, and 14-0, uh, something like that? Like, 13-0,
0: 13-0.
5: And, 13-0. Yeah. and like, and like um, so he's 13-0. What, our 10, 11 of those knockouts, he's really really good he's not his only not, he's his, not,
0: his only decision was his fight to get into the ufc on the contender series everything else has been yeah. finishes 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 finishes
5: yeah he re, i'm not comparing him to shavkat because shavkat's like super super talented and a lot of people consider him like a future champion but trevin giles is a known name in the ufc like he's fought a lot of talented guys it's like when shavkat came in and fought cowboy Oliveira and just beat him pretty handedly and then where do you go from here like because he got thrown in a in a high-level fight early, and now he just has to stay there. So if Michael Morales does this again and then again and again, I think we're looking at, like, if he... Because I, I thought the same thing with Miguel Baeza. I thought Miguel Baeza was going to be a problem in the top 10. Then he's lost a couple fights in a row, and now he's not even in the top 25. So I'm super, super curious. Where's he from? Colombia? Peru? Ecuador? Somewhere around I think around Colombia. There, right? Ecuador. Yeah, right. Ecuador. Ecuador. So... <laughs> Yeah, I am super, super interested. It's also a really, like, interesting interview. Like, he he has the same type of humor where Peter Yan, when he'll say a joke in Russian and no one gets it, and then he says it, and then he just sits back, and he's, like, smirking, and he's, like, waiting for the translator, and then the translator says it, and everyone laughs. Michael Morales is the same thing. He'll say something, and he'll just, like, sit back and be like, eh, you guys don't know what I said. It's very funny. I like this guy. I like this kid a lot.
2: Yeah, he's good. He's... Dude's fun to watch. It's definitely fun yeah. to watch. And this he's is just such
4: man. a narrow category that and he's obviously at the bottom of it. Because yeah. the question is right. is he oh, better God. than Shavka yeah. or Shemaev? No. 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 He's also only 23, though. Or Sean <laughs> Brady. Yeah. John
3: Brady. Also, yeah.
4: no. <laughs>
3: Daniel, Mar- Daniel Rodriguez, you want to throw him in there, right? Yeah.
4: Hey. Like it's Dude, I morale. I think the Biazo is so fun. I think the bias comp is like. That feels to me like it, that's where he's he because Baez could yeah. still come do some stuff, but like, dude, and the losses Males that he beat had, nobody him. before the UFC, like he beat Correct. nothing worthwhile, and then and he's Miguel, got some good efforts now. And then Miguel Baez, like he got he beat
5: Matt Brown, and then he had like a fight of the year against Santiago, and then he just got caught. In fact, like he was doing really good until he wasn't.
4: Mm-hmm. I think the Baeza comp is like spot Someone on.
5: Someone in the comment section said Ian Gary. That is a fascinating yeah, fight that I've never thought yeah.
4: of. That's a good That'd one. Yeah,
5: the young man who asked this question.
2: Yeah, the young man who asked the question just
5: throughout out Ian is Gary's name. Ian Gary versus, in like two years from now, who has like not in terms of height, but like the better career, like mm-hmm. in terms of wins and everything. That is interesting. Who's more talented?
3: Yeah. I think that's right around. The, I think they're right around that level too. Like yeah, I I agree. agree. yeah, they're, they're definitely like a I tier agree. below. Like I said, sharp yeah, that's a really good. They're going to fight yeah, like each a, other
4: in two years. He and that's fight. and by the he years. just
3: turned 23. By the way, he's not like a. He's not like middle of. He just turned 23, so so mm-hmm. early, way too early to tell.
0: The welterweight huh? contender. We don't need to go into detail about it because it's more of a fan Q and A question for tomorrow. But I just. This is the watch away. I'm so. What do you think, Casey? Because I feel like you're really excited about this.
4: This is a you question. You (laughs) should be excited by this. Why the hell aren't you guys excited? Oh
0: my god! This 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 is is, this this was as big. This is like to me even bigger than when the UFC got Izzy. Like
3: that's insane.
2: Okay.
0: Cedric,
3: hit the music. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need to see this man (laughs) mix the martial arts. Let me put it that way. Yeah. I'm not. Listen, this man was doing just fine in his world. Now, why mix the martial arts? Why?
4: Because well he don't need to has I'm sorry, does Izzy is does, does uh dude like the glory champions that come over mix the martial arts dude, just kicking the shit out of people. yeah, I was blanking. <laughs> just, they just come over and they kick the shit out of people and it's yeah. way cooler if the, If MMA could just turn into glory in a cage and then like there's a Habib thrown in every once in a while, sport would be better for it. <laughs> it's way better.
2: I think we're all excited. And everything Hashtag, about it's great. Keep the martial arts He's going to debut in, he's gonna debut keep in the Paris. Apart. He's going to fight Darian Weeks, which is a perfect opponent. It is. Love everything about it. So we'll see what happens. But okay, we're done. Jose, you are free. Enjoy these ceremonial weigh ins. You can watch the highlights on MA Fighting's YouTube channel. You can watch them live on MAFighting.com. Great YouTube channel. Back. Great the website. Best. Great YouTube channel. Tremendous best. website. The and best. we'll see you tomorrow. Probably around like 5.15 Eastern for the People's Pre-Fight Show. Ray K for Jed for Jose, Casey on the ones and twos. I am Mike Heck. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. 58% Pena wins. 58%. Wow. That, that is, is wild. Yep.
4: Put your money where your mouth is. I want that <laughs> I really calm down.
2: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.